Welcome back to the Level Up podcast. Uh, today I have a very special episode with uh, a good friend of mine and uh, strength and conditioning coach, Shahir Mikawi. How are you, Shahir? I'm good. Everything's amazing. All good? <laughs> All good. Nice, nice, nice. So, uh, yeah, um, like um, in, in today's uh, podcast, we're, we're going to delve into one very exciting uh, topic uh, that happened on uh, UFC uh, last uh, weekend. But before we uh, go there, I want to actually start with your uh, story. So who is Shahir? Uh, that's a, that's a tough one, huh? <laughs> You're beating me up. Yeah, I would say um, Shahir had a is a young boy that had a dream and uh, did all his best to fulfill his dream, and then the dream came true only the last weekend. Nice, nice. I would I would put it that way. Okay, that's uh, that's uh, that's exciting. And uh, like uh, before, before we even started this podcast, you were showing me uh, what's going on on your uh, social media, your uh, engagement and uh, uh, attention that is happening on your social media these days because of what happened uh, last week, which uh, we are going to talk about in in uh, more uh, details. But um, uh, uh, w- without particularly uh, going through the details of uh, UFC. Uh, can you tell me a bit more about what your dream was like from from the beginning? Like you did achieve, I would say, part of it, a good part of it uh, last weekend. But uh, before before we go there, like what were you thinking of? Because I, I like, did you start growing up knowing that uh, you will at one point be coaching a UFC fighter um, years ago or? This was uh, this is a dream of any strength and conditioning coach. Mm-hmm. So I'll I'll take you a bit back when I started my career around ten years ago. I started for a reason that I I was doing sports like any other teenager. What did you there. play? I did various sports. Okay. I did football. I did water polo. I did a little bit of boxing, a little bit of jujitsu. It kept going. Okay. Okay. Like. Um, I was a sporty kid, mm-hmm. okay? But at a, at a certain age when you're a teenager, you want to, at the same time, not just do sports. You want to be a bit muscular. You want to look good. You want to be, yes, good at your sports, but at the same, as your sport. But at the same time, you want to be a bit muscular. You want to feel good in your own body. Mm-hmm. So I went to a coach and I started paying that coach and I started, okay, my parents were paying the coach. I didn't have money at the time, but yeah. Um, And after training with him for a couple of months, it hit me that why does he have the knowledge and I don't? Mm -hmm. Why, Why does he have this extra part that I can't learn? So I talked to him and he said, he gave me a book and said, this is the book of the course. Read this. Okay, you'll understand a little bit. I would say I put all my studies, school studies aside, and I got this book and I started going through it and I just fell in love with it. Okay, and, and, and uh, just taking a step back, so he was a strength and condition coach or like no, a, he was a typical bodybuilding gym coach? Typical gym coach. Okay. Okay, that competed in bodybuilding, but uh-huh. he was training me just to put on a couple of kilos of muscle, that's all. Okay. So, and what was this uh, book? If, it if, was if an ISSA certificate. Okay. Per- personal training ISSA certificate. Yes. Okay. Which is very well known. Mm-hmm. So I opened the book. It has, it takes you into depth in a couple of parts, and at the same time, it's the basic knowledge that you need as a coach. Mm-hmm. So he gave it to me, and I started reading. I st- I fell in love with the thing. 
in in my teenage life, I hated chemistry and biology, but because of this, I started to love chemistry and biology and physics. Okay. Which I'm going to take you to that physics part when it comes to strength and conditioning. Mm -hmm. So doing this, okay, this is anatomy. Okay, it is biology, but I hate biology, but I love what's what's going on here. Mm -hmm. When you go into the the chemical uh, chemicals inside your body and what happens and the hormones and all this, and you're like, I don't want to study this to go take an exam at school. I want to study this because I like what it's taking me. So I started learning from there. And then I talked to him. I said, where can I apply to be certified? So he told me, yes, go to that place. They have an exam. Take the exam. They're going to give you three months to study. I said, I'm ready. I don't need three months to study. I'm mm -hmm. ready. And I go and I apply. And my parents were a, bit, a little bit against it because they were like, you're going to put your school studies aside and then do this. I said, okay. just, just let me do it. So they pay for my course. I got a 98%. And this is when I was like, okay, now, now that's the thing. Mm -hmm. I'm doing better than I was doing at school. At school, I was a, I was a loser. <laughs> okay. I was getting C's and D's. Like uh -huh. I passed IGCSE by just like... <laughs> by hair. Yeah. yeah. Like if my mom wasn't praying all night, I would not pass. <laughs> <laughs> but when it came to studying training and studying how to train myself. I took it to train myself, not to train anyone. Mm -hmm. I passed with flying colors, almost 100%. And I was like, okay, that, that now is, I like this. Mm -hmm. And then I started, again, reading more, taking books from friends, and it just started from there. And then I got my first job as a trainer when I was in the second year of university. Okay. And then this is where everything started. And uh, and uh, this this job you took wa wasn't a friend, or like no 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 it was, it was a, a referral or it like was uh, at Fibers Gym in Egypt. Okay. In uh, Al Jazeera Club. Yeah. They have just opened there, and uh, they wanted to hire two new trainers. Mm -hmm. So me and my friend applied, and both of us got the job. Very nice. So I used to go to university in the morning and then work as a trainer at night. Okay. Because I loved it. So, okay, I'm doing what I love and I'm making money out of it. Mm -hmm. So why not? Mm -hmm. And then started from there and uh, kept going. Okay, but, but you completed your uh, university degree. Yeah, yeah I did. Was it related to fitness or? Nothing. Okay. It was uh, logistics, uh, supply chain, international transport. Okay, cool. Nothing. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's not what you want to continue on. You, no. you decided second year in university, you started doing the actual PTing or actually coaching uh, as a job and you decided since then that that's going to be your uh, future exactly your career exactly okay that's uh, cool but um, how, how did you realize the uh, dream because um, uh, looking at uh, back in the day like in Fibers Gym or any other um, uh, affiliates or any other groups or um, uh, like because if, if if you look into Egypt, like the the notion of sports club and the notion of fitness in general is is actually quite good. Like you have a lot of uh, different gyms, you have a lot of different uh, groups, uh, coaches, uh, sports clubs, and everything. Uh, and there is a lot of coaches, right? Uh, what made you aim high uh, to where you are? Uh, at right now okay i'll tell you it's uh, it's a very cliche answer but i would say jiu-jitsu saved my life okay in what way how's that uh 
by the second year, the third year of university, I started doing jujitsu. Mm -hmm. One of my friends introduced me to it. It was right across uh, my university. So I used to cross the street and there's there was the dojo. Okay. Okay. So I used to go train there three times a week. First I went, I got my butt kicked. Yeah. <laughs> Let's Man, that. anyone like who, who, who <laughs> plays jiu-jitsu or trains jiu-jitsu, they have to tell the story. Like every time, like I, I remember a coach of mine, he was he was like, he was bulky, he was huge, he was so muscular and everything. And was like, he went to a jiu-jitsu class and, and there were um, female uh, jiu-jitsu players over there. And he was like, what the hell, like, why am I training with the, the ladies? And uh, he sparred with one of them and she kicked his ass. Yeah, dude, never underestimate uh, so the girls. Yeah, exactly. One, 100%, 100%, I agree. So, uh, yeah, you got your butt kicked. And yeah, and it was it was not fun. Okay. Uh, from a guy that was younger than me mm -hmm. in age and smaller in size. And mm -hmm. I was like, what is this? How is he faster, more agile? He can jump higher and at the same time has techniques that I cannot do. I don't understand what he's doing. Mm -hmm. So by doing jiu-jitsu... I realized it's not just power or you, it doesn't matter how strong you are. Mm -hmm. It's the whole nine yards. It's technique, mm -hmm. of course, but you also need to be fast, agile, have coordination, see things. It's the whole aspect of fitness mm -hmm. plus the technique. Okay, technique comes number one and then you need all the other rest okay. of the, all the aspects of fitness. Mm -hmm. So... I was like, okay, why is this guy better? Why does this guy stronger? Is this one faster? Is this? So I started looking at training in a different way. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if we're going to train, I need to beat this guy. I need to be faster than him. If I need to beat this guy, I need to be stronger than him. If I need to, and so on. And it kept going. Mm -hmm. But it's not just about, okay, just being stronger, but just being faster. It's combining everything together. How can I push myself to go there. How can I have an extra edge? We all train the same. We all have the same techniques. But what's the extra edge? That you're you're physically better. You can... There's five rounds. Uh, there's five minutes in mm -hmm. each round. Mm -hmm. It's one round in jiu-jitsu. It's just five minutes. In MMA, it's different. Mm -hmm. In MMA, you get three rounds. Three rounds or five, five rounds if it's uh, for a championship. For the championship, yeah. exactly. But in jiu-jitsu, as a colored belt, you have five minutes. Okay. That's it. So how can I be in the best shape I can be in these five minutes? After and you only have five minutes. That's it. That's mm -hmm. it. And then when it goes to the referee, okay, if you submit him, done. If you have more points done, or if you're tied exactly in the points, you get one extra minute. Mm -hmm. And that's it. So how can I do everything in five minutes? Mm -hmm. So I started reading more about strength and conditioning for athletes. Mm -hmm. Not just PTing. A normal person or not just pitying myself I want my biceps bigger or I want uh, triceps bigger oh I'm gonna look good no mm -hmm. I didn't want this so I took it to the strength and conditioning part how can I be stronger how can I be faster how can I can be more agile at the same time how can I perform better throughout the whole fight I don't want to gas out if you gas out you lose it's done so this is what got me into it started reading more taking more courses going to coaches going to train with coaches to understand their own methodology mm -hmm. and then talking to them about it, learning something from people. And then I said, okay, I need to find out my own methodology of training. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause when it comes to training, there's nothing right. And there's nothing wrong. What fits you or what fits the athlete you're training? So I was like, 
okay, I need to find what works with myself before mm -hmm. I apply it on anyone else. And I took it from there. So started taking various courses from different people, from different associations, from a German association, from an American association to, to understand the different mindsets. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, now I could say I build my own methodology around it. And when it comes to combat sports, I'm going to train them that way depending on their body type, depending on their weight class and everything. Mm -hmm. But you have a methodology you work around. When it comes to different athletes, like soccer players, basketball players, paddle players, name it, it's, it varies. What does the sport need? And then what does the athlete need? Mm -hmm. I fell in love with training more than just looking good. Mm -hmm. Fell in love because you're actually changing someone from becoming... A very good athlete into a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. That step is a game changer in their life. And at the same time, you see what you did to someone. Mm -hmm. So it's giving back, you know? Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Awesome, awesome. And um, so so you, you started with your um, uh, coaching career when you were in second year in uh, uni. Uh, uh, when did you move to Dubai or like what's, what was the transition between uh, coaching and training in uh, Egypt and then moving to Dubai? I moved to Dubai around three years ago. Okay. Uh, it was because Dubai has always been a dream, mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. So as same as the UFC, yeah. Dubai was always a dream. I came to Dubai a couple of years ago with my mom, mm -hmm. okay, because she uh, used to work in the Marriott mm -hmm. hotels mm -hmm. and she was doing the opening of the Marriott Marquis. Mm -hmm. And I came with her, I was very young and I fell in love with this country, fell in love with how am I in a, in a hotel suite that's above the sky? Mm -hmm. I opened the window in the morning, I was like, what is this? Yeah. She said, yeah. That, the, the, the marquee is the uh, tallest uh, hotel in, in Dubai, if I'm not mistaken, right? Or uh, one of the, one of the tallest. Need to check on that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like fifty something or seventy something. So it's it's tall. Yeah, uh, I, I know it's tall. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was for me. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. And then I told my mom one day I want to come live in this country. She said, "Okay, finish university and go." Okay. Like any Egyptian mom. Mm -hmm. And then when I got the chance to move here, she was the first one to support. She said, remember when you were young and you said, go get it, mm -hmm. go get your dream. And she was the first one to support me to move here. So uh, thank you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is what made me move to Dubai, that I, I fell in love with, with the city mm -hmm. or with the whole country uh, a few years ago. And then when I moved three years back, I even fell in love with more because yeah. there's unlimited opportunities here. True. So that's it. That cool, was cool, the, cool. that was the and and and, and speaking on the uh, sports and and fitness scene. Um, what would you say is uh, like um, a basic comparison or like um, uh, the obvious differences between uh, sports and fitness in Dubai and for instance fitness uh, back in Egypt? That's a big difference. Yeah, there's a big difference because um, here you get here in Dubai you get a lot of mixed cultures you get a lot of mixed athletes a lot of people come here for business a lot of people come here because it's a hub mm -hmm. okay so you get different mindsets mm -hmm. you get different cultures you get different trainers 
So there's a lot of variety, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that the market here is saturated. It's not saturated at all. Mm-hmm. It's not even close to being saturated. But there's a lot of different information. There's a lot of different cultures. Mm-hmm. But in Egypt, um, I would say 95 to plus, mm-hmm. 95 plus of the coaches there are actually Egyptians. Mm-hmm. So you're stuck with the same limitations or with the same mentality running around through everybody Mm -hmm. that everybody is kind of thinking the same way everybody has the same goal Mm -hmm. so they always want to reach the the national team they always want to train the national team this is what they want to do if it's for soccer it's for uh, basketball it's for handball everybody their ultimate goal is either the al-ahli club mm-hmm. or the national team mm-hmm. sorry if you're not okay no 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 I, 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 I don't actually cheer for either ahli or Zemali, okay. so yeah I, I gave this away like long time ago oh okay yeah no more that's good yeah. <laughs> that's good so everybody's aim is either that club mm-hmm. or the national team yeah that's the main goal for everybody everybody mm-hmm. wants to be a part of the national team mm-hmm. yes the national team is amazing everybody it's an honor to represent the national team. Mm-hmm. But when you have over thousands and thousands of trainers that want to bite the same piece of cake, mm-hmm. that's a fight. Mm-hmm. That's that's war. That's not just a fight. Well, which which actually can help um, uh, build up your uh, mentality as well. Like I, I know your uh, mantra or like uh, what we have been working on together is called Fight Ready. Like, yeah. We're not going to spoil it. We're not going to no, talk no. about <laughs> it uh, today. Uh, but uh, the, the fight is something that I feel is or like being ready and prepared and ready to fight is, is something that knowing you, it's something that is in you. And and maybe it's uh, it's uh, something that was bred uh, as part of uh, competing with other coaches uh, within the Egyptian market. I would say yes, mm-hmm. uh, because it was very tough to you gotta like push around to get your own space yeah. there. But still, it's too crowded. Mm-hmm. I would say over here, it's it's not that crowded because when you shine, you shine. Mm-hmm. It's not too okay. There's there's a piece of cake for everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have to pick your own piece of cake. Mm-hmm. There, it's just one piece. Everybody's fighting for it. Okay, so that's that's the difference. That mm-hmm. the here the coaches are less, and the cake's bigger. There, it's just a small slice and thousands More of coaches. people. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's the complete that's an difference. Yeah. Perspective. Yeah. Cool. 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 And uh, and as you said, like I feel also uh, because of the diversity, because of like the different mindsets. Like to me, uh, back in the day when I uh, used to to live in Egypt and and train, I used to go to the gym like any other person going to the gym. Even CrossFit at that time was kind of new, uh, and I didn't delve into it. But when I came here, uh, it, it it opened up more eyes like I, I tried some crossfit i tried some bodybuilding don't do I, that again huh? uh no 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 don't more do that again me. yeah no more <laughs> no, no, i'm too old for this man i'm too old for this it's so. not about age just don't do crossfit <laughs> no i won't yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh and now we're, we're we're even talking together about strength and conditioning and, and you're pushing me to like uh yeah. you know what man, the, the, yeah, that's yeah. that's the way to go yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i'm actually skeptical about it but <laughs> we'll see we'll Oops. see we'll see how it goes yeah, yeah. no that's it's not that i'm i'm uh, kind of uh these these days i'm a lazy ass so like i know like if i'm going into it it's gonna be you know what i know myself i know like when i put my head into something 
it's do or die. Yeah. So do or die with the strength and conditioning, that's actually a scary fact. So, yeah. That's but it's, uh, it's better but than it, CrossFit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. No, no, no. I, I stopped doing CrossFit since, what, 2016 or 18, something around those lines. How long did you do it for? A uh, couple of years. Couple of years? Yeah. You survived? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Any injuries? No, no. Oh, you survived? Re- yeah, really? Yeah, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was, I was, I was uh, cautious about it. Plus, um, uh, I wasn't doing it the right way. So it was like... Um, I wasn't focusing on my nutrition. I was going to classes. And again, like to me, my main idea, which I don't know why the, the interview now switched. <laughs> but my, my main idea about the, the uh, classes is it's good if you want to start, but it's not something that you should be following for too long if you have a certain goal that you want to reach. Why did this sound like a big car crash to me? Not following nutrition and going to CrossFit classes? Yeah. Yeah. I, can, I can see a nightmare right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you look even at my uh, pictures back then, look, no, no, I was, I was fat. No, I was but very... I, I, I remember you showing me some pictures when you were like full on training. Yes, but that but, was uh, that was afterwards. That was when uh, when uh, when I uh, went back to the basics. I was doing like regular gym typical routine. gym routines, yeah. uh, bro splits, chest day, back day, arms, shoulders, legs, legs twice a week because I had like skinny legs and, and a bulky uh, <laughs> uh, top so I looked like uh, Donald Duck or like uh, no, don't yeah, say yeah, that, no. yeah <laughs> I had very weird uh, legs so like my coach at that time I was like you know what man we're gonna train legs twice uh, and sometimes three times a week which was good yeah which was very good yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah at that point I was like to the dot like six meals or five meals a day uh, 9 a.m. in the morning, I'm having my second meal, which was rice and chicken. So I'm in the office and people coming into the office and they see me with rice and chicken at 9 a.m. in the morning. Wow. And they're still waking up and trying to figure out uh, where to get the coffee from, right? <laughs> so, no, at that point, this is where my, my whole body transformed and I changed and everything. Okay, so back to you. <laughs> uh, so last weekend, like we are going to air this uh, uh, in a couple of weeks. So, so it will be already... Um, Three weeks since, but last weekend you witnessed uh, Hamzat uh, Boers uh, win uh, a very critical uh, UFC uh, bout, and you were his assigned strength and conditioning coach. Yes. Okay. Yes. Tell me the story because this is actually uh, interesting. Like, who's who's Hamzat for those who don't know? And why was this something very important uh, in your career? Okay, uh, let me uh, take you to who's Khamzat first. Mm-hmm. Khamzat is a Chechnyan fighter mm-hmm. that is uh, now his next fight is going to be fighting for the middleweight championship, championship. against uh, Sean Strickland, mm-hmm. which is inshallah going to win. Okay. And uh, so he's originally Chechnyan, then moved to Sweden, and now just moved recently to the UAE and representing the UAE. He's, he's playing under the UAE uh, flag now? Yes. Okay. Because he, he's moved here now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Khamzat. Khamzat was, uh, was doing wrestling since he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then all his life, um, he had a dream. Mm-hmm. He had a dream to be a world champion. Mm-hmm. And uh, now his dream is coming true. His next fight, his dream will come true, inshallah. So uh, this is Khamzat in a, in a nutshell, mm-hmm. let's say. 
what happened with me going into Hamzat? Um, let me take you a little bit back before that. Okay. Uh, I would say a couple of, uh, since I landed here in Dubai with a support of a certain someone that I would say is a mentor and a second father for me. Uh, he helped me out uh, through my whole journey here in um, coaching top, top fighters when it comes to jiu-jitsu or it comes to MMA. Mm-hmm. So he introduced me to a lot of these guys, which I was doing their strength and conditioning here, which built my portfolio with him and with the fighters that he's very close uh, with mm-hmm. before their uh, either world pro championship in jiu-jitsu or with their MMA fights. So that built my portfolio up. Thanks to him, I'm in this position now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, which, when Hamza Chemaev came to uh, Team Lugera Gym mm-hmm. a couple of months ago, he came to try out a uh, wrestling class. Mm-hmm. We have there an Iranian wrestler. His name's Poya. He's a world champion in wrestling. And then he got hooked onto that how is this guy's wrestling is that good? Mm-hmm. Well, Hamzat's wrestling is known worldwide. Mm-hmm. How is this guy that good also? Mm-hmm. So he started training with him because he liked, he liked how he's training. He liked how his techniques are, how powerful this guy is. And then we had a, they were sitting upstairs and then his jiu-jitsu coach, Hamza Chumayev's jiu-jitsu coach, which is Alain Finfou, mm-hmm. is a very close friend of that mentor, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so l- a few days later, we go over to that person's house mm-hmm. and then we meet again there. And then I got to know that he's going to be moving to Dubai and is going to be doing his training camp for UFC 294 mm-hmm. against, back then it was supposed to be against Paulo Costa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he needs someone to do his strength and conditioning. So I said I can help out. And then they reached out to that person and asked him, what do you think? He said, he's been my coach and he's been taking care of the fighters. He named the fighters that I've been training. And then with the support of him, he recommended you. He recommended me. Okay. And with Fimfu's trust to me, he put me in with the camp with Hamzat. Mm-hmm. And then this is where it started. Mm-hmm. So that for me was throughout the 10 years journey of training and dealing with strength and conditioning and dealing with fighters and athletes in general, my aim was to train a UFC fighter and to help him as much as I can to win his fights and eventually become world champion. So this is what is on the road now. Mm -hmm. So this is what I was telling you. It's a dream come true. So this is the introduction of Hamzat, mm-hmm. uh, myself to Hamzat, and then, and then we are now. So awesome. the, the fight actually changed a little bit. Exactly, we, which, which, which is something I wanted to touch base on because it was against... Paulo Costa. Paulo Costa. Uh, he got injured or he backed out from, from the fight for any... He, he, part- had a, he had an injury okay. and then he did a surgery a couple of weeks before. And then I think that infection in his elbow mm-hmm. came back and he decided to pull out of the fight 11 days before. 11 days before. And there was a risk that this fight might have uh, been canceled or removed from the they, card. They wouldn't. They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't okay. do that. That's why they found an alternative right away, mm-hmm. which Kamaru Usman had, uh, I would say, the heart. 
to jump in only at 11 days notice, mm-hmm. which was... Which is, I think, a challenge for both because some people might consider that's uh, a disadvantage on Osman because Hamzat was already getting ready for a fight. But at the same time, um, you're fighting two different people. Like uh, for, for people who don't know when, when you're preparing for a fight, you have to study your opponent. Yes. You have to study his moves. You have to study his strengths. You have to study his weaknesses. And you have to know that he's actually working also on his weaknesses, trying to improve them. So you, you have to be prepared for surprises, right? So... Preparing for a fight against someone for a camp is something, but if all of a sudden your opponent changes 11 days, you have to change your mindset. You have to change. So, so how how did you guys take this news and how did it like? It wasn't uh, shocking at all for us. Okay. It was just a change of strategy. Mm-hmm. I would say that I wasn't the one doing with the strategy. Mm-hmm. We had coach Ozzy. Mm-hmm. He was responsible for, uh, he was the head coach of the camp mm-hmm. and he was responsible for the strategic, um, I would say strategic striking, wrestling and the whole strategy, fight strategy or fight okay. IQ mm-hmm. of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So he was doing that, but in my part of strength and conditioning, nothing would have changed mm-hmm. at all. You're, you're still working on improving conditioning. It's, it's the same program. It's the same everything. Okay. We were following the same footsteps. In in my defense, it didn't change anything for me. So if 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 you can open up and and, and uh, talk more details about it. So um, uh, Hamzat has a coaching team. You said you have a head coach focusing on strategy. Then there's a strength and conditioning coach. I imagine there's a wrestling coach. There's a striking coach, etc., etc. What is the goal of a strength and conditioning coach uh, training a fighter? Uh, because I would imagine the goal would be different, like you said, training a football player or training a uh, paddle player or training like w- what would be the the main or the ultimate goal that you want to improve? Is it improving his heart, like his cardio, improving um, uh, how the longevity that he can uh, withstand within the fight? Uh, say if he's going for a championship, that's five minutes. Sorry, uh, five rounds, uh, five three minutes. minutes each round, or no, it's five minutes, five, five rounds. rounds. That's, so that th- that's the championship fight. So, so a championship fight can go for twenty-five minutes, and twenty-five minutes on your legs, uh, focus and dedicated. That's that requires a lot. Yes, it's, it's not easy. Yeah. Like uh, I imagine myself putting myself there in two minutes, I'll tap. Right? <laughs> no, Maybe you less. <laughs> no, you won't. But it's, so, uh, so I won't have the 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 the. The breath, like, you know, like... You, it's you a lot of things. It's yeah. not just... Um, it's not about just continuing the fight. Mm-hmm. It's about continuing the fight, taking hits, mm-hmm. hitting back, mm-hmm. withstanding the pressure. Mm-hmm. It's the whole nine yards. It's mm-hmm. not just, okay, we're going to make him stronger mm-hmm. or we're going to make him muscular or mm-hmm. we're going to make him faster. You just have to touch base on everything. He has to be fast, agile, have the strength, have the endurance, have the coordination, have the balance, mm-hmm. be injury free. Mm-hmm. Name it. He has to be a well balanced fighter. Mm-hmm. We can't just focus on one thing and drop the other. So throughout the camp, we we prioritize things. Mm-hmm. We say, okay, in the beginning of the camp, we're going to focus on this. In the middle of the camp, we're going to focus on this. When it comes closer to fight week, we try to focus on other stuff. Mm-hmm. So you have to take the intensity really up mm-hmm. and then you taper down right before the fight so he doesn't get injured because mm-hmm. this is the time where everything is accumulated on his body. If you don't taper down, he gets injured. Mm-hmm. 
he gets injured before the fight, not mm -hmm. in the fight. In the mm -hmm. fight, you can't control it, but he gets injured before the fight, and we, we don't, you don't want you don't your want fighter yeah. to get in injured or to cancel the fight because he got injured. Mm -hmm. Doesn't like make sense. But for mine, uh, for my side, I had to work on everything. He's already a complete fighter, mm -hmm. okay? But working with that top-level athletes is just that extra 1% mm -hmm. that makes a difference. Which is actually quite quite hard to measure, I, I would imagine, right? We were testing Hamzat every week. Mm -hmm. So I had uh, specific equipment that is made to measure uh, for athletes. Mm -hmm. And it's very accurate. I would say it's the most accurate. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to say the name because I don't want to okay. do a marketing campaign no, no, for them. <laughs> uh, but it's the most accurate devices to measure for athletes in mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. So even the same devices, a lot of football players and a lot of football teams are using it at the moment for mm -hmm. their athletes. Mm -hmm. So we had this uh, on the camp and we were testing him every week mm -hmm. to know whether his, his force is going up, his grip strength is going up, his jump his his name it everything mm -hmm. we were testing him beginning of every week awesome so awesome when everything's changed because it's not going to keep going up mm -hmm. right it's not like ooh, it's not a miracle you know but when things go up i would understand why when things go down i need to understand why also because mm -hmm. you're not going to train someone and then they go they they increase their force every single week. It doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. We're humans at the end. We're not robots. Mm -hmm. But I would say, for example, if his jump height increases this week, but his grip strength decreases, okay, I would say, okay, we need to work on that again. So I try to maintain the jump height as much as I can, but bring back the, the grip strength. Mm -hmm. So what is our priority? What's his strategy of fighting? Is it more of striking? Is it more of takedown? Is it more of wrestling? Is it more of... So you work depending on your fighter. So working all the coaches together to understand what is the strategy of the fight and then implementing. Okay. So. Oh man, that's uh, too complicated. It's not. It's it's, it's not actually. Yeah, yeah. You, you were telling you were getting C's and D's and IG. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's interesting. So 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 talking about um, um, injury prevention. Yes. Uh, like I, I believe this is one of the things that you focus on big time whenever you're training your athletes, right? Yes. Um, wh what what do you take into consideration? Because uh, in in a typical bodybuilding fashion, right? Uh, the only way you can grow is through progressive overloading, right? So you have to do more loads. You have to uh, lift more. You have to increase your strength. You have to increase your uh, repetition or volume of work, uh, which the more you get to increase, the more risk you're taking or the more possibilities for injury or slipping or like, and I'm talking pure bodybuilding, yeah. like maybe you're, you're doing an overhead uh, press and then you're, you're not sitting properly on your back. So you're injuring your back. So what do you consider, what do you take into consideration when it comes to injury prevention and strength and conditioning? Okay, it's it's a bit totally different than bodybuilding, that's mm -hmm. the thing. So if I would take fighters into consideration now, as an example, fighters are the most uh, unbalanced athletes in the world, mm -hmm. okay? So this is something have to be well known, that you're not ever going to get a balanced fighter. Mm -hmm. Balanced as in, 
his right hand, his left hand, his left leg, his right leg, and so on. So they're the most unbalanced athletes in the world. Mm -hmm. So when you take that into consideration, you're like, okay, he's in, he's unbalanced. What do I need to do? I need to get him as balanced as much as I can, but he's never going to be 100%. -hmm. Okay. So we work as much as I can to keep the balance. This is number one. So we work a lot of unilateral work. Mm -hmm. So I would say a lot of overhand presses. Single legs, single arms. arms, Exactly. Because also when they punch, they never punch both hands because they punch with one. So a lot of it is rotational power. A lot of it is unilateral work. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, let's take you back to studies, physics, Mm -hmm. right? I hated physics as a kid, but Mm -hmm. now I love physics because when it comes to strength and conditioning, it's all about physics. Mm-hmm. So force equals mass times acceleration, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I want a very big force. What am I going to do? Either I'm going to have very big mass. Or, or both are very high. Yeah. Okay, you get the biggest force ever. Mm-hmm. But either have a very big mass with low acceleration or a very high acceleration with a low mass. Mm-hmm. Okay? You can never have both at the same time. So if I'm training you for power output or for force output... I would go, for example, I would go a heavy, uh, very heavy weight at very low reps. Mm-hmm. You're not going to move the, the heavy weight fast, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. it's very heavy. So uh, you push yourself through and then we superset it right away in the total opposite. Mm-hmm. A very low mass with high acceleration. So I would say, for example, we would do a very heavy squat, okay, into a squat jump. Mm-hmm. So that's... That's the thing. Mm-hmm. So mass is high, acceleration is low. And then you switch it right away. Acceleration is very high and then the mass is mass very is low. Mass is very low, okay. So when you train on both types, mm-hmm. so this one goes up and this one goes up. So eventually your force output becomes very high. Very high in both cases. In both cases. So okay. this is your ultimate goal. When somebody's throwing a punch or throwing a kick or doing a takedown, it's the amount of force impacting the other person. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's something that says rate of force production. Mm-hmm. Rate of force production. Let's let's give an example now. If if both of us deadlift 200 kilos, mm-hmm. okay, and I lift it off the ground into a complete rep in four seconds, and you lift the same weight exactly from the ground all the way up into a complete rep, but in two seconds. Mm-hmm. Who's better? The faster. The faster yeah. one. So this is rate of force production. Mm-hmm. So the weight is exactly the same, but who can move it faster? Mm-hmm. So we put that into consideration again. We do the math behind it, and then we try to implement this on the fighter. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually coming from a background where I love math and physics, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but I, I didn't put it into that perspective as well when, when it comes to uh, strength and conditioning. That's you have to. So so So... <laughs> Uh, would you say the the studies in strength and conditioning are evolving majorly okay uh what what would you say is like an emerging trend or like uh something that is kind of an evolution in uh, strength and conditioning these days in strength and conditioning or performance training that every day there's a new study coming up mm-hmm. every day there's someone coming up with something so we have the basics. Well, you can't change the basics, right? Because if you change the basics, you'd be changing equations of physics, mm-hmm. which won't happen. Mm-hmm. But what is a better way to do it? 
what is a new way to do it? Mm-hmm. What is a new tested way to do that thing? So if you want to make someone faster, you want to make him just accelerate better. Mm-hmm. Okay, if I need him to accelerate better, what's going to stop him? He mm-hmm. needs to decelerate better also. He can't be like, ah, like a Lamborghini with no brakes. Mm-hmm. He can't be like this. He needs to have both. So I would say the more studies that come out, the more we can implement, mm-hmm. the more that, okay, that opens, you know, a light bulb in your head that says, mm-hmm. ah, okay, I was missing that part. I need to touch base on that. But at the same time, there's a lot of trendy shit coming yeah, out, yeah. which which is uh, scary. So a lot of people, okay, let's say, oh, do, do this, don't do that. Do that, don't do this. Which is right, which is wrong. Mm-hmm. There's no right and there's no wrong, okay? As long as it doesn't cause an injury, do it. Mm-hmm. That's it. This is my principle. If it's in the... In the um, with the with the foundation of strength and conditioning, then you're not doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you're gonna come out and tell me, ah, okay, do a one hand pull with the other leg up, and it's this crazy stuff that you yeah, see, the Instagram stuff, yeah, that is, that's a no no. Okay, <laughs> that stuff we see, that's that doesn't make sense because mm-hmm. uh, some of them there's no stability. He's not, he's on one leg and like upside down and doing stuff. That's that's crazy. The thing that's is, so, so some people don't understand that this is a marketing skit, kind of. Like, I want to promote my, my Instagram profile, so I'm going to do some crazy shit so that people can, oh, wow, and then you get the more views, the more yeah. interaction, the more engagement and everything. But in, in reality, like, if he's, he, if he's an athlete, he's not going to train like this. Yeah. He's not going to do those moves. It's, it's the, just the for... The funny thing is that uh, on social media... Most of the the fitness influencers that do these type of content are not actually athletes mm-hmm. or are not actually trainers. Mm-hmm. They just know how to do a cool move or they have a background of some other sport, let's say gymnastics, that they put it onto something else. I'm not dissing out on gymnastics at all, mm-hmm. but they had a background of gymnastics. Okay, they know how to do a flip. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he got that flip and then added some weights to it. He mm-hmm. did He did a backflip holding a bar in his hand. That's that's asking for injury. Mm-hmm. That's very close to CrossFit though. But, <laughs> but Man, you hate the, CrossFit. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's very I do. obvious. Ma- okay. Majorly, I do. <laughs> but this Instagram trendy stuff, that's, that's a mess. Okay. That's a mess. People should not follow this. Nice. So um, going back to to you and your goals and your dreams and everything, what what do you say is the most rewarding moment of your career? Like oh, that's a that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> most rewarding moment of my career is, I would say nowadays because I'm still into the mood of it. Yeah. Is Hamzat uh, won yeah. uh, his uh, fight. Yeah. So so actually, like he he got excited winning the fight, but you also got excited like, that you felt. I, I was jumping rewarded. like a little kid. <laughs> okay. I was jumping like a little kid, like in the first round, he was dominating. Yes. Kamaru uh, Usman, and I thought he's gonna finish. Everybody thought he's gonna finish in the first round, mm-hmm. and we were just waiting for it, waiting for it, and then. Okay, that didn't happen, but that he won, mm-hmm. that was the thing. That was the main goal. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter if he knocks the guy out, submits him. Submits him, chokes it's him out. Wins or, a win. Yeah. Nobody can, can diss out a win. Mm-hmm. No one can say, oh, oh, that was not. No, it was a win. Mm-hmm. And everybody saw it. Mm-hmm. And that, 
that's a proud moment. I'd say I was very proud of myself and I was pretty, very proud of him, very proud of the whole team. We, we felt like the, the, the wolf pack mm-hmm. could do something to the actual wolf, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So that was, that was a very proud moment. Awesome. Awesome. That's uh, that's uh, so nice to uh, to know and and have and um, uh, like we, we we still have a few uh, minutes, but uh, I w- I wanted also to touch base on the other sport that you are focusing on right now, which paddle. is paddle. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I think it's night and day difference between coaching <laughs> the paddle player and coaching a uh, MMA fighter. That is true. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about the journey also with with the paddle and what you're doing right now with it and um, what's the main difference like how how do you set your mind uh, on coaching a paddle player versus coaching a uh, MMA fighter the sports are completely different Mm -hmm. I would say I would say any average person could play paddle Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. we all do yeah okay and we all love it because it's a community sport Mm -hmm. but What takes you from being an average person that steps into a paddle court that takes you up to a national team or a world-class level paddle player? Mm -hmm. It's having an extra edge of not just the technique, but also having the physical and the conditioning to do it. Mm -hmm. So now I'm coaching three of the national team of paddle here in the UAE. Mm One of them is the top in UAE and top in the GCC. Mm-hmm. And the other two are ranked the fourth and the sixth, as I remember the ranking of this year, uh, in, in the whole cause the whole UAE, there mm-hmm. are 13 players. Mm-hmm. So I have the first, the fourth and the sixth. Okay. Um, I train them um, day in, day out. Mm-hmm. Um, they... I would see, I saw a major difference in their, in their paddle uh, tournaments mm-hmm. since they started training. Because mm-hmm. at first they weren't doing any, any physical training at all. Mm-hmm. Some of them were doing because they have to do it. I mm-hmm. would say one of them was mainly focusing on losing weight because he was a little bit overweight. Mm-hmm. The other one was athletic. He did uh, soccer. And the third one doesn't really, he's not into the gym. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really like the physical training. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I had three different mindsets to play with. And at the same time, tried to make them not just love going to the gym because mm-hmm. it's not, it's not going to do chest and by today. Yeah. It's okay. What are we going to train to make you better in the court? Mm-hmm. So that was the, that was the thing. I had to play with different mindsets with them on how to make them fall in love with strength and conditioning to make them see the difference in the in the paddle court. Mm-hmm. So the major difference between the the an MMA fighter and a paddle player is I would say as you said day and night. Okay. That is oof. <laughs> completely different. Completely different. Yeah. So training this person is for a certain goal for a certain way and training this person is is totally different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that was for me to to switch It was, it was, it's the key of being a strength and conditioning coach that you can adapt to your athlete. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter what the athlete is doing, but you can just adapt to the sport that they're playing. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, that's cool. So uh, to, to wrap our amazing uh, discussion, I wanted to uh, ask you what's next for Shahir? What's next? 
hopefully we're just waiting to confirm on the on the next UFC with Hamzat against uh, Sean Strickland for the belt. It's it's probably not going to be in uh, Abu Dhabi, I think. We we have no idea. Had, okay. We have we no idea. Know. Okay. Uh, nothing has been announced. Nothing mm-hmm. has been internally announced to us. We we know nothing until now. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll know very soon. But uh, hopefully, yes, it will be Abu Dhabi. I wish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we, I think, or actually, I'm wishing for it that in a couple of months we have another podcast together, and I'll have the belt Ooh. right here. Oh, well, that would be amazing, man. That yeah. would be amazing. I was just going to kind of sneak it from Hamzat just a little bit <laughs> and just like... And he, he, is he going to allow you? Like he, he wrestled bears, man. Like he, Yeah. He's, he's, just, he's uh, I'll just borrow it for an hour, you know? <laughs> but uh, hopefully man, next be, time we're sitting together. That'll that, be something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well... Thank you so much, Shahir, for your time. It Thank was you, uh, a pleasure having you here. It's it's also an eye opener for me uh, personally to to uh, discuss at that level of uh, strength and conditioning. And uh, yeah, thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Awesome.